Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Uh, welcome, everybody, to a bonus episode of Adventures in Hell World. Uh, this bonus episode is going to be me interviewing Reverend Derek Kabilis about uh, his uh, in dealings with QAnon and how it's impacted his church and his life ever since, uh, well, before he got on 60 Minutes and afterwards. So uh, thank you for coming on to the show. Uh, Derek is uh, the vicar of the United Methodist church of Uniontown outside of Akron, Ohio. He's been a pastor for 10 years serving the churches throughout the Northeastern Ohio area. He is also the host of the uh, crossover Q podcast, which I have listened to. And uh, for someone who is very new mm-hmm. to this uh, terrible phenomenon, as it were, he's very up, t- up with uh, his knowledge of what the QAnon is about and what they espouse. So I'm very glad to uh, see we have someone uh, in the church that is uh, working against this uh, scourge, mm-hmm. as it were. So thank you for being Absolutely. here, Derek. Thank you for having me on, Mike. And thank you for um, helping me out. Uh, you just let me interview you for my podcast. You have uh, just a wealth of information and knowledge about this stuff. And um, I just want to let you know, I really appreciate all the work you're, you were doing and in, in putting into this. I'm, I'm very glad to be doing it. This is an important thing that needs to be addressed and engaged with. Absolutely. So uh, first of all, we're, did you have a religious uh, childhood and uh, family life at the start? Uh, wh- what was your path towards uh, becoming a reverend or a pastor? Yeah, I I was um, raised in the church, pretty much. I have always been a kind of religiously minded individual. Um, I was always drawn to... Uh, like the idea of God, the idea of big metaphysical things. I've always taken a tremendous amount of comfort in ritual. Uh, Ritual is a very important part of my life. Um, And so when I was um, fairly young, probably about 12 years old is when 
I first started uh, thinking about joining the clergy. And by the time I was 17, I knew that it was pretty much the only path for me. That's uh, that's very uh, – that must feel really good to have that mm-hmm. kind of uh, knowledge and drive that, like, you're in the right place, that you're doing the thing you've always wanted to do. I find a lot of people kind of, uh, like, feeling adrift yeah. in this world in a way where they just don't know what their purpose is. And I think that is one of the things that kind of leads people mm-hmm. to QAnon is that it gives them a purpose. It gives them a sense of uh, connection to the world and that this is – where they're supposed to be. And it's kind of like terrifying that that's, uh, that's, that's where they get. Absolutely. I think Um, a lot of folks that I have seen, um, who are deep into QAnon, um, are trying to access something that is transcendent, right? Something that is bigger than them. They're trying to be part of a community that is united around a particular kind of faith in a lot of ways. Um, It was interesting. Some of the emails I've gotten, one of the themes that I'm going to talk about on my podcast here in the next episode, actually, is that uh, some liberal folks actually um, sent me emails to kind of chew me out a little bit about the fact that I was just one cult leader trying to get the leg up on another cult, so to speak. And really, when I, when I think about it, when I thought about it, I finally had to come to the conclusion, uh, you know what? They're right. They're absolutely right. The plain fact of the matter is, like, the word cult comes from the Latin word cultus, uh, which essentially means care. It means tending. Um, it's, it, it, it started in Latin as a horticultural term. That's where we get the word cultivate, right? And the fact of the matter is, is we all have cults in our lives. We have those communities that tend to our souls and our spirits uh, like a garden. And folks who jump on board with QAnon or enter into a cult, anything like that, I think they're just looking for some of that soul tending. I really commend, uh, in a way, the self-awareness you have where you're like, yeah, they're pretty much right about that, which is something that I was when – when you were talking about that, I really didn't know where you were going <laughs> to go with that answer. And then when you when you went – and then where you went – when you went where you did, I was like, man, that is such a refreshing and like really kind of honest way to see this thing. And – to me, it's also uh, it's really unfair for someone to say that you're uh, pushing you're you're just leading one cult, trying to people pull people to another. Uh, when when you look at the teachings of Christ and the whole the brotherhood, mm-hmm. the solidarity that that which you do for the least of us, you do mm-hmm. to me. 
that kind of uh, caring and compassion and empathy for the world, then you uh, compare it to QAnon's version mm. of the world, which is the world will only be better after we kill all yeah. our enemies. It it's it's something where I completely understand where uh, people that don't believe in spirituality and those kinds of things would just would see this as two sides of mm. the same coin, but. There is so much uh, spirituality and religion out there that is uh, about uh, self-empowerment, mm-hmm. self-fulfillment, about um, being a better person, setting an example for your community. And th- in in case anyone's wondering, there's none of that in <laughs> QAnon. There is only there is only really uh, the desire for. Uh, attention, the desire for popularity in the uh, people that have risen up in the community to become like quote unquote thought leaders, but the rank and file people, they mostly just want to have a community of like-minded folks where they can be uh, racist or transphobic or homophobic or Islamophobic or whatever it is. They want to have shared hatreds, Mm. shared enemies, And that's really all it is. It's a very negative uh, mindset and a very negative point of view. And it really makes me sad whenever I see people who uh, use Christianity as a Mm -hmm. cudgel uh, to get people into QAnon, like uh, David Hayes, who literally goes by the uh, name online of Praying Medic. And you see him with all these followers saying, I've gotten closer to Jesus through mm. QAnon. And I nah. and I can totally see where you call this a you call this a heresy. Yeah. And I feel like that would be a really obvious sign of the heretical <laughs> nature of QAnon. Absolutely. To believe that to believe that this could get get you to Christ. So if you wanted to expound upon that, I'd I'll give you the floor. Yeah. Well, like I think so part of that is is um, the case that I want to make is that um, my cult is just better than that one um, because my cult is singularly focused on um, growing in our compassion, in our empathy, and in our love for our neighbors and even for our enemies, right? Um Whereas I think you you said it really well, QAnon is uh, based in a kind of violence. I think that um, it's it's the shared vengeance and the grievance that that binds folks in QAnon together. The dream of punishing a certain group of people that they believe did a certain group, uh, a, a certain kind of bad and terrible thing. Um, that's a terrible thing to be united over, honestly. Um, and uh, the way that they keep that anger going, the way they continue to stoke one another's flames by passing the memes back and forth and so on and so forth. The the only virtue that I think I've ever seen in folks that 
talk about QAnon that they'll point to as something that they aspire to is, uh, quote, patriotism, unquote. It's all about being a good patriot. But their definition of that word is hopelessly violent and exclusionary and ultimately, I think, racist. Oh, it absolutely is. Uh, they uh, are steeped in uh, racism and anti-Semitism and also in a uh, the the lie that the party switch in the 1960s never yeah. happened. So they project they project their racism onto the Democratic Party uh, under the idea that the Democrats are, quote unquote, the real racists, uh, which is one of their favorite tropes. Uh, so how did you start your church? In, in your intro, it said that you had been a pastor for 10 years in the community. How did uh, it come to be that you had your own uh, place? Yeah, of worship? I, I didn't start this church. And in my um, denomination, the United Methodist denomination, pastors are tied to their bishop. And so I serve the Bishop of East Ohio. And she can appoint me to any church in this area that she wants. There are, mm, I think, about 600 churches in East Ohio. And I could be appointed to any, any one of them. Our appointments only last for a year at a time. So I was appointed here in Uniontown in July of 2018. I was reappointed in 2019 and then again in 2020 to the same church, which I'm very thankful for. This is a wonderful community of faith, and they are very supportive. Um, and for the most part, they are supportive of uh, my ministry um, of outreach and speaking up against this terrible heresy. Uh, that's really interesting. I, I didn't know the inner workings of that. And also it uh, kind of was, uh, it gladdened my heart that the that the person appointing you was a woman because the church has always been kind of uh, just uh, sticklers about the whole uh, patriarchy thing, uh, as the, it were. The so United Methodist Church um, has been ordaining female pastors and bishops for a very long time. That is that is awesome. That is such a cool thing. Um, so when did you notice QAnon? Was it through your congregation or was it outside your congregation? No. How did the the tendrils how did the tendrils of this poison seep into I your was, life? Um, I think it was literally just on the news. Uh, they were covering some Trump rally or something, and there were signs or t-shirts in the background with Q written on them. And I think I just got on the internet to kind of uh, see kind of what that was about. Right. And for the first year or so, I didn't really think anything of it. Like I knew it existed. I knew about, you know, the democratic cabal that they were talking about and eating the children, all that stuff. And I think I just kind of played it off as just sort of a, a nutty thing that, you know, in our increasingly nutty politics, 
Um, it was just one small aspect of it. It wasn't until I think the pandemic hit and the political rhetoric around masks and vaccinations in the upcoming uh, 2020 election when I started to realize, oh, no, this is this is very nearly mainstream now. And I just, you know, I talk to people in the community all the time and I, I just started noticing this edginess and that people were no longer um, talking about their uh, political opponents as if they were um, stupid or silly or not worth their vote. They were talking about them as if they were evil. And that um, started to make me really concerned because I'm a pastor of a church that is has very diverse political views. From we have socialists in our congregation all the way down to uh, libertarians, right? Um, we we and everybody in between, and. Um, but what keeps us together is our shared humanity and the God that we worship. And to imagine that um, God is of a particular political party and that um, God has a chosen political champion, that is heresy. Um, that was the same heresy that they made when Jesus was being crucified and they called for the release of Barabbas the Zealot, right? Barabbas was a, a revolutionary against Rome. That was the kind of Messiah that they wanted, a militaristic one, a violent one. Um, but the Messiah that God was trying to give them was, of course, the nonviolent Prince of Peace. And so then when the Capitol riots happened and I saw, you know, crosses and flags that said Jesus 2020 being carried alongside, you know, cues and Confederate flags I said, man, I, I got to say something about this. We got to start taking this on. Yeah. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what troubles you the most about QAnon? Is it just that the, the heresy, the hatred? Uh, Definitely what, is- what, what it's doing to families. Um, that is the most troubling. If you, if you check out like the QAnon casualties subreddit and hear some of those stories, I have someone in my own family who has gone down the Q rabbit hole, so to speak. And it's, it's so difficult. These people send me emails and they say, you know, my, my spouse, my sister, my mom, whoever it is uh they they're into this stuff they won't stop stop talking about it we can't talk about anything else they get furious when i argue with them about it and uh, there have been people that have gotten divorced over qAnon you know people that have left their homes uh because they are trying to save the world from cannibalistic Democrats. That's just where we are. Yeah. I'm a, yeah, I'm a moderator on QAnon casualties. So I know the, the pain of, yeah, I know well of the pain of that forum and what happens there. It is, it is brutal. It is absolutely brutal. Uh, I, the worst part about it is uh, when the QAnon believers side of the story gets told to QAnon, the support and the uh, encouragement that they receive from mm-hmm. QAnon people that they, that be strong and that their, their spouse will come back mm-hmm. to them at some point when they see the truth, they'll get their kids back and their kids will venerate them as being knowledgeable. And uh, the person who saw the, saw the truth before anyone else did, nobody in QAnon tells these people Dude, go back to your wife, go back to your children, or honey, go back to your go back to your husband, go back to your children. They don't they don't never tell you to give mm-hmm. up on this and to go back to the real world. They always tell you to stay in their community, stay with them. They're more important than your blood mm. and, and, and your blood, your family. Yeah. This and we are your family now. And that is a technique uh, cults use called love bombing, mm-hmm. which uh, it's one of the most frightening things about the movement to me. Um, so, how did you end up uh, appearing on sixty Minutes? How did the, that whole like kind of negotiation? Uh, as near happen? as I can tell, uh, the producers came across my podcast. I had actually posted it on um, uh, the Q Casualty subreddit. Um, and I don't know if that's where they saw it or if they were just Googling or whatever. And I think it was a very different perspective than what they had heard before to actually hear a real life pastor speaking out against this because there are unbelievably some pastors who support QAnon. Um, and then I would say most pastors don't want to touch it with a 10 foot pole because it is necessarily tainted with politics and they don't want to alienate anyone. And I, I understand that. I I don't want to do that either. Um, And so when they contacted me about it, I had a talk with my um, superintendent uh, 
sort of the person one rung up on the ladder from me and I had a talk with my wife and uh, we just said, you know what, um, you're in this position. Um, there, there may be something of God in this uh, to use this platform to speak out against this terrible thing that's hurting people. So I said yes, and our interview was like an hour and a half. I think they used maybe 45 seconds of me talking, but um, I was grateful for that. Oh, welcome to TV. The the media hits I've done have been the exact same way, so I know know well of pouring your guts (laughs) out for this really long period of time and and hoping you did right hoping you nailed it for them and then you watch it back and they and and they give you and and it's like a snippet you're like oh really wow that's it (laughs) yeah it it's uh it's really made me respect uh the people that make it on television for even the briefest period of time the amount of work and Mm -hmm. effort that goes into getting into that moment and however it works out it works out but um I I would love for that to be a thing that you could request and get like the the outtakes, get yeah, the 90 minutes yeah. and be able to post it somewhere. But um what was the reaction uh what has been the re- the response like pro- positive negative the percentages of each like because I mean this is QAnon is nothing if not frantically online. Yeah. So when the store when the news came out that this was going to be an art, uh, a segment done they were freaking out about it and so i wondered like i'm sure that the, the they were knocking on your door after you appeared um, on television i well let me say first of all the overwhelming majority of the responses that i have gotten have been positive i would say at least 90 10 um, folks reaching out to say, hey, thank you for talking about this, telling me about their stories. Uh, I've had clergy reach out to say, thank you. You've helped me start a conversation. And that makes makes it all worth it completely. You know, um, the 10%, first of all, I did something you're not supposed to do. I looked at the the comments on the 60 Minutes YouTube video. <laughs> yep. Q was oh, yeah. out in force just saying whatever they could to try to um, uh, shoot that video down, you know, voting it thumbs down, making all these outlandish statements in the, the comments. And of course, there were some personal things. Um, People on there made fun of my weight. Um, I got emails that were like, you're just one cult person um, trying to get the leg up on another cult. Probably the funniest one I got or the most interesting was that um, when it, at a particular point in the interview, I said, uh, something, something really drives a stake into my heart. And someone interpreted that to me um, in coded language, telling other folks that I too was a blood drinker. 
right? Like a vampire. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That was they're, they're, everything. Oh, I immediately told my wife about it. It was amazing. And I got this. Uh, I got this um, person who sent me these really intense collages. Um, I should take you a picture. I, I should send you a picture of it. It on the top. It says. America, the Titanic, feces everywhere. And then it just has all of these headlines that have been cut and pasted. There there must be a thousand of them, honestly. And I feel really bad for whoever made this because it it feels like this person... Um, when my wife saw it, she she just said, "Oh, it's it's madness," you know. Yeah, you you worry for the mental health of a lot of Absolutely. these people when they get down that rabbit hole. I was really surprised when you when you said collage. I really expected it to be a bunch of people either uh, with hair obscuring one eye or a circle around an eye or uh, the black eye club. Uh, There's a lot of photo galleries that QAnon loves. Uh, Mm. You had earlier talked about these people passing along memes to each other as a way to upset and and outrage each other. Uh, One of the worst parts of QAnon is when they uh, pass around photos of abused children to each other and lie about the, um, and lie about how the child got abused. And, one of the crummiest things that I've had to do is uh, actually source those photos. Oh, wow. And, wow. Uh, yeah, and that, yeah, and that, um, it takes a lot of the, I mean, uh, the mystery out of it once you find out what they're actually doing. And mm. it's, it's so vile and it's so uh, not uh, acceptable that this is the kind of thing that these people are so obsessed with and they refuse to acknowledge the reality of the images that they're looking at. Cause they got to blame it on, uh, they got to blame it on Hillary and, and Biden and all these other people. And it, uh, one of their favorite images is a child who has black eyes and they are screaming and yelling about it being some sort of, uh, ritualistic mm. abuse. And actually the black eyes are due to brain cancer and the child died mm. from the cancer. Mm. And it's like, and they're, they're using a sick child to get mm. their point across. And there was another child that was, horribly abused and um actually the child and it wasn't uh it wasn't a highly ranked multi-millionaire billionaire elite liberals it was a uh a woman in arkansas who took her kids away from their parent their father and she was with her new boyfriend when the father came and found his children that were horribly abused at their Uh hands and the uh, mother and the new boyfriend went to jail for many years for what they did so uh but it's just it's just that it's just this thing where they had to uh, they got to do these things to rile themselves up and then blame it on their enemies instead of actually looking into what really happened and finding out that these terrible things are just uh, kind of random tragic events that have nothing to do with uh, John Podesta yeah. and the other people they really hate. Uh, finally, I wanted to ask you, uh, what do you think the church can do? Uh, more or better, as it were, to uh, confront QAnon and to try to push back. Well, number it. one, um, the church needs to start holding the pastors who promote QAnon accountable. Um, that that is a, a 
big piece of this puzzle in like actual denominations like mine, where we have levels of accountability, we need to start putting those into place and say, look, you're not allowed to spout this stuff to your congregation. Um, we have rules about that kind of thing. And um, we need to start looking at how to go about that in this particular context. You know, the, the biggest thing that I think um, we need to do, the, the only piece of practical advice I've been giving to sort of other Christians is they navigate this stuff with people that are close to them is to stay calm, uh, to resist the instinct to be horrified and angry and frustrated and to look with compassion on those that have fallen down this rabbit hole. For a lot of these folks, this is an addiction right? They're not doing this just because they're mentally ill or something like that. It is a means of becoming mentally ill is the problem. And um, I, I've had people reach out to me and say, you know, I'm, I'm trying to quit QAnon. I know that it's false, but I keep clicking the links. Uh, there's an addictive nature to this that should elicit not our anger and our contempt, but our empathy. And um, we need to make that the starting point of where we untie this knot. I Compassion is such an important part of this and uh, getting people to a point where they can understand that. It, on People that are outside of QAnon looking in, uh, it's it's such a vital thing to do to uh, offer that path back to sanity and back to reality for these people. Um, this has been uh, really enlightening for me on a lot of issues, and I appreciate you very much for doing this interview. Um, I would like uh, for my listeners to check out cro uh, Crossover Q. And if you happen to be in the Ohio area, uh, go looking for uh, Reverend Derek Kabilis' church if you want to hear him uh, give a speech. Because if you listen to his podcast, he, he, you can tell this is a man who knows public speaking and knows how to talk. I listened to your podcast and I found – the your cadence, the way you uh, use your your voice, your words, you are very powerful. It is a very uh, I, I I feel like I'm there. I feel like I'm in the congregation listening to you really explaining this in a very heartfelt and sincere way. And uh, I appreciate it very I much. I appreciate that. Thank you, and thank you for doing this holy work that I think you were doing in exposing this stuff. Um, bringing some of this darkness out to light. I know it is not easy. Um, I know that there are some images and things that are said that probably stick with you and continue to haunt you. And uh, But I just want you to know that I appreciate it, that there are a lot of people who are appreciating it, and I'll be praying for you and um, hope we get to talk again soon. 
that'd be great. Uh, thank you so much for this. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we will catch you again sometime next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.